0: Welcome to Commerce Chefs, a quirky and thought-provoking show for future-focused commerce leaders. We're going to pit the world's most brilliant, inspiring, and driven D2C visionaries, the Commerce Chefs, with riveting questions to uncover their secret ingredients at the intersection of passion, performance, and leadership in practice. For the past decade, we've led teams of designers,
1: strategists, and digital wizards at one of the leading e com agencies in the country to help brave brands become enduring classics.
0: And we're here to indefinitely borrow the strategies and pro tips that will make us all better leaders and make the brands we lead better too. Hey Kyle, um, I, I bought this for you. It is a personalized gift. Oh,
1: thanks man. That's very thoughtful. What's the occasion?
0: Yeah, just you being you. <laughs> Open it, go on.
1: Ooh, I'm so excited. Hey, this is, this is an awesome mug. What's it say here? It says, to my best friend, to Carl. It says Carl.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's correct.
1: I thought you said it was personalized.
0: Well, well it is, in a way. Uh, it has a name on it, and mm-hmm. I really mean what it says. Mm-hmm. And I know you love a great mug. Look, mm-hmm. is it your name exactly? No. Mm-hmm. Could I find your name on the site I ordered it from? No. No. Did I want to spend more than 30 seconds searching? No. Does that make me a bad person? I think it's the thought that counts.
1: Look, I, okay, I appreciate this so much, but I think we might need a little bit of a refresher on personalization and what it really
0: means. Hmm. Hey, what are you doing? I'm looking through my Rolodex. Huh. People still have those? Aha, Gina. Yes, Gina. Gina would be perfect to talk about personalization. Put me on the right path, Gina, and point me toward a brighter future.
1: Hey, thanks again for the mug, though.
0: Ah, no problem, Carl. Gina, it is a pleasure to have you on Commerce Chefs today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while uh, as we've been trying to get it set up. Um... We have some wonderful content to dig into, uh, but first let's maybe start with an easy one. Uh, would you mind sharing your your name, uh, your your role, and what you do right now?
2: Yeah, sure. So firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, I know that we have been trying to schedule a time with everyone going on holiday, <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so again, yeah, my name is Gina. I'm a partnership manager at Site. Um I live in Tel Aviv, uh, in Israel. Um, I've been in the high-tech scene uh, for about six to seven years. Uh, before that, um, I was living in South Africa, and I was in the advertising and branding space. So i always been on the side of really assisting clients you know, with challenges mm. that they're facing and, and helping them to optimize you know, whichever area I was working in. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's just a little bit about me.
0: I love that. What a cool journey. Um well and, and you know very well uh the brand design and um sort of digital space overall is very near and dear to our heart. Uh, so it's really cool to see um, you know, someone like yourself going into that role where you're you're yeah, you kind of change the position, but you're still very much uh helping in the same way and and solving some problems there. So Before we jump into what problems it is you're solving um, and the awesomeness around site and visual discovery, um, we always got to ask uh, Commerce Chefs, of course, is about uh, design and e-commerce, but it's also about food as life (laughs) typically is. So um, what's your go-to morning routine for a successful day? And uh, what does your breakfast typically look like?
2: Oh, um, okay. So in terms of my morning routine, um, I love working out. I feel like when I've woken up and I've broken my body up, that's when I'm at my best. Uh, so I definitely feel like I have a more successful day when I have an early morning workout. Um, and then after that for breakfast, I'm really boring. I have that's okay. oats with chia seeds. And mm-hmm. a little bit of honey and some fruits, so that's my uh, and eggs, obviously. So <laughs> that's my yep. uh,
0: morning breakfast. I, I wouldn't, Kyle. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't really say that's a boring breakfast. That sounds spectacular, and I might be a little hungry right now.
2: At the moment, I'm I'm on a bit of a, a health, like a health thing. So I I'm trying to find ways to make boring things tasty. <laughs>
1: so, mm. Yeah, mm.
0: the 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 human, human problem.
1: Not. <laughs> that's terrible yeah. we can cut that
0: out <laughs> bad bad puns uh are par for the course that's gina, so. literally if, all it, may, if it makes
2: you feel any yeah. better i do add nuts like sunflower seeds and stuff to the oatmeal. Oh, okay
1: <laughs> that's good yeah that's, that's good i think there's a whole nother episode here it's just called recipes with gina and we just ah, go through all
0: the recipes. I could recipes be here
2: all day, all day, <laughs> giving you recipes.
0: <laughs> well, there is there is something um, noble and exciting in making boring things uh, awesome. So uh, I, I think there's, there's merit in that episode. But um, what I do know is absolutely exciting uh, is the space that you play in, Gina, day to day. Um, I know Kyle and I have had the pleasure of... Um, learning more about site, visual discovery, the role that it's playing increasingly uh, in the success of D2C brands. Um, And we would just, yeah, really love to dive into that more with you that we have this opportunity. So um, if you're open to it, uh, give us a little bit more of a rundown. Um, I, I, you know, we certainly could give uh, a summary of Sight of and visual discovery, but I think it's probably better coming from you. Um, so we'd love to hear more about Sight, uh, visual discovery, and what it really does in what we feel is is truly optimizing the customer experience.
2: Yeah, of course. So so Sight, we, we call ourselves this product discovery platform, and it's leveraged on visual AI to create these seamless and intuitive customer experiences. Basically what that means is everything that we do is powered through visually driven shopping experiences. And we have all these different solutions that really speak to all the different types of shoppers that you could see on your website. And we also meet them along the different touch points in their shopping journey. So our solutions include things like camera search, automated deep product tagging, visual search, product recommendations, as well as personalization. And how that speaks to um, optimizing the customer experience is because no two shoppers are the same, right? There's no such thing as one size fits all. Every person really has their own way about how they go about looking for products online. You know, whether there's someone that's extremely high intent, knows exactly what they want to buy when they come onto your website or shoppers that, you know, love spending hours online browsing those catalogs. So the aim of what sites visual discovery solutions is doing is really to make those shopping experiences as intuitive and seamless for the customer as possible and also to help those retailers you know increase conversions but at the same time build that customer loyalty yeah
0: that's so good that's
1: brilliant i'm curious uh, as we as we jump into this a little bit more like when we're going into the loyalty space kind of the impact of what we're doing with the visual discovery optimist that customer experience can you can you tell us a little bit more how customer loyalty is built from everything you just described
2: yes of course so so i always love to compare um the retailer customer relationship with the relationships that we have in our everyday lives right so whenever you're meeting mm-hmm. a person for the first time regardless of whether they're you know a new colleague or a new friend or significant other that first impression that you have with them is super important, right? That first five minutes you're trying to understand, can you connect with them? Can you trust them? You know, does this person get me? Um, And brands, I feel, should be taking that same approach with their customers, because especially in today's world where online is becoming even more prominent, retailers don't have that human interaction that they would have with their customers in store. And I don't know about you guys, but when we're, you know, we're sitting behind a computer screen or a phone, uh, we have very little patience and we're quite quick to judge. Like yeah. I know I know yeah. myself, <laughs> if I'm online and I don't find what I'm looking for in like, you know, the first five minutes or not being offered the most relevant <laughs> product recommendations, then I'm out of there. You're like, out. I'm going to go find, yeah. exactly, exactly. I'm going to go find, another retailer that can just give me that same sort of product. So how site is helping its, its brand portfolio is really by assisting them to provide that best shopping experience for their customers, because the better their product discovery experience is for the customer, the more they'll feel understood and the more it will actually make them come back like again and again. So maybe just to give you a few examples, you know, providing customers with maybe more search options. Um, that cater to the way shoppers might, it might be easier for them, like through imagery um, or showing accurate text search results or even ensuring that a customer never reaches a dead end um, and always continuously inspiring them with alternative options. You know, that's really how we believe the trust can be built with the relationship. So, just to give you numbers, because you asked about the impact, um, you know, we're seeing that visual discovery is really having an impact on customer loyalty and we're tracking that at site. Where sites brands are experiencing nineteen percent higher lifetime value and twelve percent higher retention when they're engaging with these sorts of visual
0: discovery tools. That's incredible. Yeah, and and that is incredible. And, and it, it's kind of like um, it is the equivalent of you know like retail window shopping. You know when uh, when you go uh, past stores, whether you're on like a downtown uh, boutique street stretch or whether you're at the mall or you're going to your favorite. Uh, large sort of flagship uh, locations. Um, that is how we shop to start with. Unless you know specifically what you're driving at and what you're going for, with, uh, you know, without a lot of experience with a brand or or clothing line, for example, you probably don't have that kind of clarity. So you're you're finding these visual cues around you to see what's available, where you're supposed to shop. You know, where's my section versus where where am I not interested. Um, and, and I agree with you, Gina, that we don't see that reflected uh, a lot in the digital space. So so just, you know, I think seeing how this can be applied, uh, understanding more about that visual piece and and I, you, you glazed by it, but I, I think it's worth chatting about uh, a little bit more is this absolutely mind-blowing feature with Sight that I know we've explored a bit, um, which is that that camera visual search where essentially if... I'm shopping with a brand that has a really large catalog, and and two things could be true. I don't know if you have something that what like what I'm looking for, or I don't really know where to find it. As I understand it, that visual tool allows me to upload a photo. Let's say it is um, you know this particular black purse that I'm looking for for my wife. Um, then I can upload that image, and it will search the catalog of what's available on that site and present the closest uh, or matching products, and that is extremely exciting to me.
2: Yeah, that's exactly. you, you Basically, you can take my job from me. No, <laughs> so, nah. um, that's, that, that's, um, that's exactly what the technology does. It can you know, find the most visually similar product that exists in the product catalog um, to show the customer. So they can really inspire them with many different designs that look similar um, that they can choose to purchase from, uh, for sure. So, especially with brands that have a really broad product catalog and there's sometimes a challenge of that long tail being shown up or the most relevant results, um, this is a really great tool to help customers, you know, see what's available online.
1: There's some D2C founder that's listening to this and they're going, this sounds amazing, but there is some crazy API mountain I've got to figure out to make this magic happen. Is that the case or is this like a plug and play where the like site is doing all the work to kind of create that experience of someone saying, I want more of this?
2: So we have a few ways in which uh, retailers can implement our solution. Um, the first is our tried and tested best in practice JavaScript code. So it's just like a code that you can implement on the website um we have an sla to go live within 45 days of implementing this so there is a lot of the groundwork that's or the legwork i should say that's actually done on our side when this is when this is done Um, then there's obviously api um where if the customer or the client wants to customize absolutely everything we provide them the api and then we actually have a few direct native integrations with shopify plus uh, salesforce commerce cloud and adobe magento um, so that also speeds up the process. So there are a few ways to go about us. And then we also, you know, our solution can work on not only websites or mobile web, but also app. So we also have an SDK for, oh, nice. um iOS and Android.
1: Brilliant. Okay. So it's there, there's, there's like work, like you said to be done, but it's, it's not, um, it's not as much of a mountain as maybe some are thinking this is, this no. is, this is achievable.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs>
0: Yeah, super exciting.
1: Back to you, Tom. I took you off no, course.
0: It's a beautiful question. <laughs> I, you know, the the nerd out the nerd out st- times are, are always fun. But um, yeah, Gina, I just wanted to loop back into the, I think the parallels between the in-store uh, and the online. Um, that customer experience or that buyer journey is is always a big point of discussion uh, in the online space. Um, I, I'm not a huge retail you know, expert, but I do know that the amount of consideration and strategy and thought and uh, planning that goes into the customer experience on in those physical spaces as well. Um, but you and I had a, a, a really, ex- uh, like, I don't know, to me, it was super crazy. I felt like I was living uh, in the future. Um, but we had a conversation around, you know, some of the ways that site can bring the the virtual into the physical. Uh, And we were talking about a mirror that lives in the dressing rooms of um, some specific retail stores uh, that you were piling at the time. Um, I just want to talk about that mirror because it sounds like something from, um, what is it? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Uh, Was that Snow White? Yeah. Snow White. It sounds like something out of Snow White of the future. Um, Snow White 2.0. But I just, I want to, I want to talk around this because I think it's a beautiful, um real life example of how the virtual and the physical can really be married so seamlessly to provide a beautiful customer experience, regardless of which kind of channel or reality that you're in. So let's talk about this mirror and um, I also want I want to hear the listeners' minds blow. Uh, up the same way mine did uh, when I first talked oh, about Oh,
2: now this there's theme. so much pressure. All right, so... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so, so what you're talking about is our in-store mirrors. So we're basically taking the technology that we also apply to the web or our mobile app, and we place it onto mirrors that can actually live in-store. So they can live in dressing rooms or on the shop floor. And what it allows customers to do is really just, you know, make their shopping experience a little bit more seamless and and try and connect, as you said, that virtual online world to in-store. So as an example, um, if I like something in-store, I can try it on in the dressing room. Let's say I actually am not mad about the sleeve length. And now I want to understand if there's another top that exists in store that might be visually similar, right? At the moment, um, I would have to ask either a store assistant and let's say if the store assistant is nowhere to be found, I would have to get dressed again and then head out to the store floor and search everywhere for what I'm looking for. But if you have one of these mirrors, you can literally just take a photo of yourself in that mirror and we'll find all visually similar items that exist um, to help you really navigate your way through the product catalog. If you, let's say, you um, see something where it has a full, you know, look, like your pants and your shoes, and you want to see if they're visually similar items that exist, you can also do shop the look, and we'll provide you product recommendations that um, could be really helpful for you and really ease um, that experience in a very seamless and intuitive way. Another use case that we have that might be interesting for you, Tom, and I don't actually think we've discussed it, is... Um, allowing that technology to help store assistants. So, for example, if let's say, and this happens to me regularly, when I go shopping for shoes, right, and then the, the shop assistant has to go to the back. They have to. They spend I don't know hours there looking for my shoes. Yes, right. And then they come back and they're like, "Oh, sorry, we don't actually have this in stock or anything like that." So, this is a good use case where the store assistant can just check you know, on, like on their tablets, do we have the store even in stock, Uh, you know, this item in stock? And if not, what visually similar items can I actually provide to the customer? So I give them a bit more of a better shopping experience. So a few examples there of of how that technology can be used in store.
1: I just, okay. My mind's blown and I have a very personal request. (laughs) Can we make a use case where the mirror helps our five-year-olds choose their outfit for school in the morning? Well, is that possible?
2: <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to Do check. Do you think that's possible?
0: <laughs> okay. W- would the site you consider know putting that on the roadmap? You know what
2: this reminds me of? Did you ever watch Clueless? And in the morning, Absolutely. like sure gets ready and she's got that little outfit thing <laughs> for her cupboard and she can pick and yeah. choose. That's what you need for your five-year-old.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I feel like that's what this is, but it's like real life, <laughs> but in a store.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: That's yeah. so cool. It's, it's, you guys are living clueless in real life. <laughs> yeah.
2: take that
0: as a maybe don't
1: take that to your marketing team (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. okay (laughs)
0: what we're not trying to say is that site is clueless Uh, no that's really good Um, I I really like that um, certainly for the for the store associate uh, assistance but um, I think even just that that scenario where you know how often you're in store and you know somebody says like well we don't have that size here but maybe check out the website and see if you could buy it there Um, It just it just takes that step, removes it and makes such a seamless, beautiful piece where this the store associate or or even taking them out of the equation. You're in your dressing room. Look, this medium doesn't fit. I'd really love a small. I didn't see any smalls there on the rack. But, you know, we can just check right here, right in the dressing room. Oh, one's available online. Yep. I'll buy it right now. And it's, you know, it's going to show up And it gets delivered
2: house. straight to your house. Uh, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And so you've you you you've been able wild. to really marry the best of both of those locations because we all know with something physical like clothing or shoes, especially like you really do want to try them on in an ideal sense. Now, I know that's not possible all the time. Um, and I know that there are wonderful D2C only brands, um, you know, that have wonderful uh, return policies or try before you buy. There's a lot of tactics to make that. Um, as frictionless and safe as possible, but at the end of the day, if you have the opportunity to try something on, that's what you want but this this brings in now the the single touch uh to your door ease of use that that e commerce offers um and I think that's such a beautiful marriage of um i think the strengths of of both channels uh not to mention a mirror that can take photos and show you stuff is is always exciting, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, let let you can stew on that, Kyle. It's a pretty, <laughs> pre- I've pretty set good. my
1: sights on it, uh, as it were. We cut all of these out in post, on the don't wall. Worry. Who's the
0: punniest yeah. of them all? <laughs>
2: no, but that's Hi. what makes your show. Your show is about the puns. People should, been, you know, <laughs> enjoy the puns.
1: <laughs> There's no meaningful content here. It's, <laughs> it's all just a ruse for the puns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but speaking about important things, um, want to get your opinion, Gina, kind of shifting bit to kind of broader consumer trends here, not necessarily specific to site, but just what you're seeing is like, w- what are some of the most important things that consumers are expecting online right now? And how have you seen that play out in their shopping behaviors? Kind of what, what, what are you seeing happening with consumers right now?
2: Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually just going to go back to one of my previous thoughts as well, because when a customer is on the retailer's website, they want to they make sure that, you know, they want to feel like the retailer completely understands them. So in essence, you know, what a customer is expecting is a completely personalized experience to them in that session. So one that is completely tailored for them, right? So this can actually be really difficult for online retailers to do because when a customer comes into your site, you have no idea what their intention is and their intention is different every time. Right, today I might be shopping for myself. I might be looking for a new living room couch, right? And I come onto a website and I'm looking for that. And then tomorrow I come onto that exact same website, but I'm looking for a bedside table, you know. So the ability for the retailer to really understand in that moment what I'm looking for can really elevate the customer experience. So, I, you know, that's what sites doing is we're trying to understand what is the intent of the shopper right now? And because that visual AI that we have is able to scan thousands of images in a product catalog and tag each one of those items and associate attributes to them, we can actually understand on a more granular level the reasons why you know a shopper might be looking at different products and what actually might interest them. So for example, if I'm looking at a black shirt, it's not just a black shirt, you know it could be long sleeve, it could have collars, it could have buttons, it could have a pocket square. So we can actually you know, provide complementary product recommendations that are dynamically updated in that session and throughout the journey. So Carl, if you're shopping, your recommendations will be very different to mine. And the result of this is really that customers find more relevant items, they add those items to the cart, they check out, and retailers using site can actually are seeing on average, because this is also what we're tracking, um, an average order value uplift of just under ten percent and a conversion rate increase of one hundred seventy-seven percent. So, I would say that's what consumers are looking for: is that personalized, you know, experience for themselves.
1: And one thing I'm hearing you say too, outside of those fantastic metrics, just drop those in there. Everyone's like rushing to to site now. Let's do it. Um, w- when the personalization piece. While still kind of like, I don't say circumventing the the privacy concerns, but kind of like playing within the bounds, right? You're creating personalization without having to deal with, I'm tracking all of this data around you and all that kind of stuff that, you know, there's such a big push against right now. and, And for all good reasons, but is that, that's kind of what you're saying, right? You can create personalization without having to like track someone's firstborn child all the way to like their bank account details. You can do that right in the moment
2: exactly so we don't actually collect third party data we're only collecting first party so that means even if someone comes called onto a website we'll already have product recommendations that we can base off trends or user journeys that we're following but as soon as someone starts clicking on an image because we have all those deep tags connected to that product or that image we can start curating you know products or recommendations that dynamically change throughout that journey. So, in terms of privacy, you know, we're not we're not asking for demographic or geographic indicators. We're actually just trying to understand what interests you right now and what is your behavior on the website.
0: Yeah, so you're you're really acting as that as that associate to sort of meet you as you come in. Um, and you know, often people say, no, no, no thanks, just browsing. Um, but it's still going to be able to better curate that browsing experience. Um, and then if you do engage and you do start to click around, um, you know, it really is the equivalent of letting that associate know, well, I think I'm kind of looking for something like this or this kind of occasion, or I don't really want, you know, maybe the most popular products because I don't want to be wearing what everybody else is wearing. So is there something else that, you know, might be at the back? Um, and it just really gives that flexibility and that that personalization um, around intent. And um, yeah, I, I think we've we've talked about that. I mean, honestly, for the last two years, um, how how important and critical personalization is, uh, while not flirting with, I think pushing too much outside of where privacy comfort sits.
2: Yeah, uh, we always make sure that we're also we're also GDPR compliance and compliant with all the rules and regulations um, that are out there. As you say, like more and more, <laughs> um, which you know is rapidly so uh so yeah we want to make sure that we're still providing a very personalized experience but within those boundaries of you know privacy
1: yeah i, I think it's such like a it's it's almost a paradigm shift though i think for especially if you're going to go back to some of uh, i'll say early days of econ but you go back to like where so much was based off of tracking personalization was like a function of we're going to gather a bunch of data on you and that's going to create the personalization that's such a it's such a new paradigm and it, it just sounds like you're doing such a great job at it. Well, like you said, while respecting what is, you know, really good and in place when it comes to privacy and, and, and various, you know, different pieces that you got to consider.
0: Backing up one more step then Gina, outside of visual discovery and, and visual product search, um, personalization seems like this is a really big uh, push here and, and something that you've, I think rightly touched on as an important piece of what um, consumers are expecting right now. But if we, if we, just walk away from the consumer for a minute and then focus back in on these D C brands themselves. Um, what's something that you see a lot of brands that you're talking to? Uh, Cause I know it's, it's a big part of, of your role. Um, what What's something that they're missing? What's something that they don't often see that, that once you get a chance to talk with them and I don't know, we see this a lot too, but would love to hear from you, you know, where they go, Oh yeah. Like I didn't really, see that or think about that what's what's that thing right now that you think that that a lot of brands are missing
2: so i would i would say that you know with dtc brands you know they always want to be you know making sure that they're streamlined and as efficient as possible and i think one of the challenges that a lot of dtc brands are facing or missing is having an effective e-commerce merchandising strategy um And it's something we are when we speak to these brands, we're like, oh, this is maybe where you should be like focusing some of your energy because e-commerce merchandising, you know, it encompasses everything that a shopper sees on your website from the way that the products are displayed all the way through to how the product descriptions are written with words, right? And today, a lot of those internal processes surrounding this topic are fragmented and manual and they all have, they all kind of work in silos and at the end of the day, it's actually a really crucial area for driving sales and providing an intuitive shopping experience. Um, and one of the steps that the DTC brand could potentially take to optimizing these merchandising strategies is the deep tagging of a product catalog. Um, and the reason I'm, you know, I'm choosing to just talk about this specifically is because the product tags and the relevant metadata are the foundations of e-commerce merchandising. Um, and they really need to be super accurate in order to produce relevant search results. And I know I'm coming back to it, but to perform personalization. Um, so I'm actually gonna ask a question like, Tom and Carl, are you familiar with the, the tagging, the process of tagging a product catalog?
1: Like like at a high level, but tell, tell us more.
2: <laughs> so um, today that process is um, a really big pain point for a lot of retailers because it's typically done manually. Um, which can lead to many challenges. So it's time-consuming. It's expensive. It's not really scalable. Um, you know, especially if you have a lot of um, ta- like products that need to be tagged on a weekly or monthly basis. Um, and tags aren't standardized because if you call something a shirt, I might call it a blouse. Okay, so what that means is that the metadata on the website is not enhanced, which means that your your customers are not going to find what they're looking for. It can affect your SEO so what visual ai can do is actually automate that product tagging um you know um, our technology the visual ai kind of scans each SKU, and we associate attributes to each of those items so then your metadata is enhanced so with granular visual attributes details synonyms and category information and there are many different benefits to deep tagging a product catalog you know not just automating the process but enhancing the metadata on your site. You can do in-depth merchandising analysis. Um, you can see accurate search results from tech searches. You can promote SEO in a better light. Um, you can automate product curation. So one thing that when we do speak to these DTC brands, they're like, oh, that's actually something that we could implement and it could help us with a bunch of different things that we didn't know it could help us with.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good. And if, I mean, who doesn't love to spend a good Friday night with a catalog and some meta tags? I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's my plan for tomorrow. Wine and meta <laughs> in, in closing, Gina, wanna get what what what's some advice or encouragement that you have for our listeners, the the, the brave D2C founders out there, the fearless ecom leaders? What what's something you want to leave them with as some advice or encouragement?
2: Oh, some advice. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's very difficult being a DTC brand. Um, it's, it's almost more challenging to build this successful business in this online space. It takes a lot of work and time and resources, so always kudos to them. Um, and when you're trying to stand out and build that brand loyalty, um, you know, especially when you're up against marketplaces like Amazon, it can be really difficult because you can't compete on price. You're not you know, on profit margins on the cost of growth. But what you can compete on um, is that brand connection and that engagement with the brand um, and that service along the funnel. Um, so a piece of advice I would maybe give is for them to look at the middle part of the funnel, right? A lot of brands are actually spending a lot of money on the top part of the funnel, you know, the marketing and the customer acquisition and at the bottom of the funnel, which is like payment, shipping, logistics, et cetera. But that middle of the funnel, the place where customers are actually spending the most amount of time has been neglected. An interesting stat, um, 92% of millennials or Gen Z will actually leave a brand when they have a bad experience, um, which can be very painful for direct-to-consumer brands because they spend a lot of money on that acquisition. It's very difficult to, like, gain that trust back once you've given a bad experience. So we're seeing that. Brands that are really investing in this part, in this middle section of the funnel, and I'm actually going to mention a few because they're doing a fantastic job, like Allbirds and Rent the Runway and Shein, like they've really got their customer experience down. And the way they're doing that is by enhancing their e-commerce merchandising strategy and including visual ways like AR and VR and visual search and personalization and really choosing their channels where their customers are and not like spreading themselves too thin, which is a whole nother topic that we can discuss. Um, but they're really creating a community that's based on loyalty. They're building really strong relationships with their customers through these great customer experiences and they're providing value at all those different touch points of their customer's journey. So if there's any advice I would give is to maybe just focus a little bit on that customer experience to give themselves their competitive edge. Um, And really, yeah, build those strong relationships, um, which is what makes customers come back again and again to you as a loyal customer.
0: And that is the most important piece.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't FOMO the mofo. (laughs) What's the HubSpot? Middle of funnel. middle of funnel. I, yeah, I the just swore, I think oh, on her, the yeah. mo, Mofu, don't FOMO the Mofu. Okay. Don't forget the middle of the funnel. I love it.
2: The middle of the funnel.
1: Also, I just dropped like six <laughs> F-bombs. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> that was the
2: best part of it
0: uh, for me. Uh, Gina, the, this was, um, this was a lot of fun. It was super informative. Um And, and I, I know it will be for uh, the Commerce Chefs listeners as well. Um, We both really look forward to seeing uh, what new innovation site is is driving at uh, this coming year. Um, And as always, of course, uh, anything that we can do uh, to help, we will certainly do so. But um, appreciate your time and your um, insight today very much. And uh, look forward to staying in touch in the uh, episodes to come.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm going to add on to that, Tom, and hopefully we'll be working on more brands together as well. I'm
0: bringing this innovation to them. Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: Well, that's it for this episode of Commerce Chefs. Thanks for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed and learned a little more about the secret ingredients behind being a delicious D2C brand.
1: But if you're looking for more, make sure to join the Commerce Chefs community by following us on social at Commerce Chefs. Ask us questions, send in requests. We want to hear from you. Remember.
0: It's just as important to feed your ears as your mouth, because as they say, the ears are the other mouth of the head. Lastly, if
1: you liked this episode and want to support us, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating and review. Until next time, this has been a pinch of Kyle and a dash of Tom. We'll be cooking with you in two weeks.